However, I do think that, you know, things with mental health and stuff have always been important, but I think only now are we starting to be able to put words to it and really start to prioritize it. Because even just talking to my cousins again, who are a lot, they're a lot older than me, you know, they just say, oh, well, you just suck it up. And, and even I was actually watching this YouTube video from Jubilee Media, and it was about um, baby boomers, you know, it, it was like, do all baby boomers think the same? And one of the the ladies, she was like an older black woman in her like 60s. And she said, um, yeah, we were told to suck it up. But at the cost of passing on generational trauma yeah. to our kids and, right. and, you know, all these unhealthy habits because we did not process it. How are you doing, humans? It is Victor Ong from the Human Up podcast. And it is really hot. In my room right now, I am stuck inside with nowhere to go and just totally eaten up. I'm like, what is happening? For those who don't know, I'm in Seattle, which usually doesn't really get this hot. It's only May and I think we're all freaking out right now. So, um, but, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in here and, and I, I really appreciate you listening and still even through everything that's happening in the world. And, um, you know, I think this is a really important moment in time and in history. And it's more important now than ever to, you know, maintain that mental and emotional health within ourselves to really take care of ourselves, um, seek out those things and people and activities and content that will will help you you know maintain your energy and maintain your aliveness um you know whatever that that is for you and and really celebrate the gratitude in that i think it's so easy for us to get caught up in the news and and all the different things that's happening and it could easily consume us and really send us in a spiral so you know our our our, our minds tend to latch on to the more negative things, right? It's these negative thoughts and emotions are a lot more sticky and the positive, fun, joyful things are slippery. And, um, and so it takes a lot of energy to, to, to maintain that. So again, I, I just want to celebrate you and, and for tuning in to things that that will will inspire you or hold you up and you know I'm not trying to toot my own horn here but I I I hope that I can be that source for you even as I go through you know all of my own ups and downs right I I definitely again don't want to you know I'm not this you know like ultimate being that that uh has everything figured out either um you know but I think there's definitely a lot of insight and depth that comes with embracing where we're at, you know, whether that is good or bad or, or, you know, positive or negative and really just embracing that and not getting too attached to the evaluation or the judgment of it, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's so easy for us to think where, you know, terrible beings, for example, if we're not using our time productively, you know, like 
but at the same time, we will also, you know, shame ourselves for working too much and maybe not taking time for ourselves. So I think in whatever situation or circumstance you're in, it's really important not to put too much pressure on yourself either way. Right. And I know that like, you know, if you're similar to me before this type of advice or this type of suggestion is really hard to take in, you know, that these overly optimistic or positive, you know, platitudes, right? Like all these Instagram hashtags or whatever. And it's easy to wave off as something that doesn't apply to you or something that you'll, you'll say, Oh, it's easier said than done. Right. And then, and then we don't end up doing it. And then we end up continuing that same pattern of beating ourselves up and, and just, and just spiraling. So wherever you are, however you're feeling, whatever you're doing, know that we'll get through this and there will be a lot of good that comes out of this as well. There will be a lot of new perspectives. There will be a lot of new experiences. And this is the time to embrace that we are in lots of growing pains right now. Uh, you know, as humans, as individuals, and as a society. So I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that. I know, you know, we're, this is this a really hard time for so many people. And I don't know, you know, where you're at or your circumstances right now. So I am speaking very generally here, but I just, I just wanted to, to acknowledge that and um, at the same time help us as each individual, you know, both something that I'm practicing myself as well as something I um, really encourage other people and, and my clients to really practice that gratitude, right? For what you do have, for the, the health that you have, for the safety that you do have, the family, the, the support, the friends, the mentors, you know, whoever you're able to confide in, whoever or whatever you're able to confide in and celebrate that because it's, it's something we, we tend to forget to do as humans, always, always preparing for the worst and always thinking about, you know, the worst situations. So this is really relevant to the topic and for my guest today in this episode, um, the founder of Empowered in Color and host of the podcast by the same name, Chriselle Gabrielle. We actually recorded this episode a while ago, so, you know, pre-pandemic, so I don't think we said anything like super off key, but but just know that, you know, this was definitely just recorded before that. Um, but we did talk a lot about maintaining mental health in general and especially how culture and family really ties to, you know, how we think about ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and, and our behaviors as well. We talk about the stigma around it, especially within Asian families. And there is such thing as generational trauma, right? I know that's like a very big word or whatever, right? But it's a very real thing if you were to, you know, look at 
where your blind spots are or maybe areas of improvement or the way you think about yourself or the voices you might be hearing or you know the the behaviors or habits that you might have um if you really look back to where that comes from if you trace that back it 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 does come from from family a lot of the time and and i think that's the 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 struggle of many asians right now especially those of immigrant parents where they they had a lot of trauma having to migrate to america um you know giving up a lot to 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 get here and whether or not it's something that is you know fully dysfunctional or whatever it 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 does it is a very distressing thing it's it does cause a lot of trauma that if not addressed gets passed down right and so we talk about in this episode with Christelle that you know there's this that there is such a thing as toxic cultural values where you know being scared of elders you know out of respect for authority and you know having to almost be forced upon that value um made her into a people pleaser you know it made her feel like she had to just keep her head down and turn her cheek you know and it didn't really give her that sense to be able to you know speak up for herself so I think that was, it's a really interesting and amazing conversation and I really hope you enjoy it. I'll let her share more of that story in the episode. Um, but before I continue, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping and, and update you a little bit of what's going on too. Uh, right now, I've been really enjoying this space and and loving my life and what I've built up to this point. And I am fully aware that this is something to be really grateful for, um, that I have this privilege to just, you know, sit in my room and talk into a microphone um, and just play, you know. And um, before, I wouldn't actually be even comfortable celebrating that. You know, there's the sense of me, you know, being the firstborn uh, Chinese American to immigrant parents that humility is a a big factor uh, or a big value that we 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 should adopt for ourselves and it really is a value that I do value for myself um, but I have seen how too much humility um, makes me play small. And I don't take the time to praise myself. And so this is my, my space here to, to be grateful. And, and I want to encourage others to find that gratitude within themselves. There is always something to be grateful for within your life, no matter where you are. The fact that you can breathe, the fact that you have shelter, that you have technology to be able to listen to this episode right now, that that you have this time and space. It is possible to define that for yourself, whatever that may be. It's it's definitely not gonna look like mine. You know, it's not gonna be 
maybe it's not going to be recording podcasts or, you know, having these types of conversations. Maybe it is something that is completely different, but will feel really good and honest to you. But have you given yourself that time and space and trust in yourself to explore? Right. And I think, I think again, if you resonate with, with this podcast, it's, um, again, there's a lot of those, those cultural values that get in the way. So, but anyway, I wanted to share what I was up to, which is that I am happy because of the people I'm, I'm, you know, surrounding myself with, I'm finding these groups and communities and making amazing friends and mentors, even just virtually. And it, it does feel weird that I've never really met these people in person, but I, who, and who I'm speaking to, by the way, is, um, is a community called badass Asian dudes. I know it's a great name, (laughs) Uh, but it's, it's just an amazing group of men uh, or male identifying people who really value personal growth. They really value emotional growth. And it's not about being badass as this, you know, rebellious kind of, you know, bad boy kind of nature, though there there is some of that, um, you know, especially from a, uh, a cultural standpoint and breaking stereotypes, breaking traditions. But it's more so really, at least to me, um, the the courage to really open up and be honest with ourselves and with others about how we feel and what's really going on inside us. And to not let that that be uncomfortable or to be something to be made fun of or to feel shame around, right? But to really own that. And I'm, I'm really starting to develop a, a kinship with these men. Um, shout out to the, the happy Asian males, uh, Sabo and Brandon, uh, and the badass Asian dudes, Nick and Mike. Um, and then, uh, from Flowmasters, uh, Gavin Masamiya as well. We've been doing this thing where, He's been hosting a Flowmaster session, a, a few Flowmaster sessions for us, which is basically like Toastmasters, but with like freestyle rapping. And yeah, it's it's super fun and weird and silly, but amazing in terms of really developing that confidence within yourself to really express your truth, but but not to judge yourself too much for it. like. You know, I think there's this perception that I have to be a certain way, that I have to do a certain thing, that I that everything does have to be perfect, right? And Flowmasters is really helping just let go of all of that. It's like, who the fuck cares? Why does why do we attach so much meaning and and you know, weight to other people's perception of us? Of course I, I get that, you know a lot of self-awareness is a reflection of what other people perceive of you. But I think we, we just put so much of that and we forget about how, how we want to view ourselves. We put way too much weight on the other end and it ends up controlling us, you know, 
so this has been a journey for me, especially with Flowmasters, um, which, by the way, if you are interested, uh, definitely let me know. I'll, I'll actually just share the link in the show notes for you to join. Gavin's doing them every Friday for free, which is amazing to me. Um, they're donation based for now. Um, but that's been a lot of what I've been doing. And uh, it's probably why I've been talking now for the last 15, 20 minutes, just because there's so much within this that is making me really, um, really wanting to, to speak these and express these thoughts and, and the learnings and where I'm at and just celebrate myself and the, the gratitude that I'm absorbing here. So, so that's where I, I am right now. And again, if you want to join in, like, I really would encourage it. And it's not about being the best rapper. It's not about finding the best rhymes or whatever, you know, it's really just a safe space for you to play. That's, it's really what it is. Every single person, new person who comes in is like, oh my gosh, I'm so shy and nervous and scared. Um, but end up leaving with so such a big smile on their face and so many insights for themselves it's it's profound anyway i i'll i'll stop, stop hyping it too much but uh that's that's part of the badass asian dudes group as well we're definitely thinking of so i i've become one of the admins with the badass asian dudes as well as a facebook community uh which you can actually join at bitly slash bad facebook group that's actually bad b-a-d-f-b group or just search badass asian dudes on facebook uh and as an admin as part of the team with uh sabo mike brandon and nick we're we're definitely planning a lot of cool things for the community and as i am shifting my focus now and really starting to niche down right uh, really trying to find that audience here, which I'm super grateful of. This is the community I want to speak more to, right? Specifically for Asian men from the the Asian male perspective. Uh, that doesn't mean we can't have other people come on to the show. That doesn't mean we can't have other perspectives or other people of color or even other Caucasian people share their experience as well. Um, or what they're up to, we can always learn from everybody. But I think there is something very specific to the Asian experience, and especially the male experience, that is different. And and I think, you know, having that community where you can really immediately just connect with and not have to, you know, go through all the explanation and, and really, you know, catch each other up on on you know, our, our experiences or our upbringings or whatever, that it's really easy to just plug into. So if you identify as an Asian male, um, definitely join in, uh, join in the badass Asian group, sorry, the badass Asian dudes. Um, if, if you don't like still, I'm still here for you. I'm this, this podcast in particular is going to be a little more general. Um, but again, we'll be speaking a little more to the Asian male experience. And especially now that we're in, you know, Asian Heritage Month and Mental Health Awareness Month, that um, 
you know, these, these last few episodes are more reflective of that. But as I was mentioning in my, you know, relaunch of season two here, I, I am going to bring on a few cannabis experts as well to talk about, you know, the intersection of cannabis and mindfulness, um, how that, how intentional use with cannabis could, could really be beneficial for, for us physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. And so keep an eye out for that coming out in June. But yeah, being in the middle of May, this is a little more Asian focused and I'm excited to dive into that work um, to connect more with my heritage and, you know, uncovering a lot of that generational trauma that our, our parents didn't really have, which is not something to blame them for, right? It's not something to hate them for. They just didn't have it. And so this is the the time and space for us to explore that for ourselves um, so that we don't pass it down to our next generation. That's enough about me and what's going on. Um, I'll get you right into the episode after a quick message from my sponsor. First off, thank you for being a listener of the Human Up podcast. I definitely have so much to say and express and all the things that I've experienced and observed throughout my life that I honestly have been cultured and, and kind of pressured to, to bite my tongue against. So I really love being able to use this platform and this medium as a podcast to do so. And it wouldn't be possible without Anchor.fm, which is the hosting platform I use to distribute this podcast. It's perfect for me right now because it's free and automatically distributes distributes my episodes to all the different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And the cool part is that there are tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you don't even need any extra software or services to, to create the podcast. And you can even make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership by recording ads like this. So if you have a message to send and ideas to spread, definitely download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And who knows, maybe we can collab and create a, a podcast episode together. If you do end up creating one, you should definitely hit me up and, and we can do something there. With that, let's get back to the episode. All right. Awesome. Thank you for coming on to the podcast, Rochelle. I am... Um excited to, to just dive into stuff here. Thank you for having me, Victor. I'm excited too. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, I I love podcasting for as kind of my excuse to just like ask all the weird deep questions. Mm -hmm. to so this is, this is cool and uh, glad that you're open to uh, sharing your story and, and, and whatnot. So um, for those who aren't familiar with you, Maybe share a little bit of what you've been working on and how you kind of got to that place and, and why you continue doing it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So for those of you who don't know me or aren't familiar with who I am, my name is Christelle G. And I am based in just outside of Los Angeles, California. And I run Empowered in Color, which is a brand and organization that is dedicated to helping people of color thrive in both business and in life. Um, and that is mostly done through helping people make connections both online and offline. We run a podcast as well of the same name, the Empowered in Color podcast. And that is, 
you know, our free resource to kind of help people um, listen in on business owners of color, entrepreneurs of color primarily, and um, other people of color who are just doing really awesome things in their industries to hear a little bit about how they got there and how people listening can actually do something themselves by taking lessons from uh, what these people are doing. But it's also an audio diary of me too, while I'm trying to figure out entrepreneurship and how to balance um, work and, and this passion project and all of that. So that's kind of, that's what I do. Um, right now I'm focusing on my freelance work. Uh, I'm a freelance podcast editor and social media manager. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. All right. That sounds fun. Um, what, I guess, what were you doing before all this? Like what, and what kind of led you to this? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'm going to have to go back a little bit just to give a little bit more context, but I, for most of the last two years, I was doing marketing at an architecture firm and I had fell, fallen into architecture on accident because I was living in Australia with my husband. And while we were out there, uh, due to visa restrictions, I could not work in marketing, you know, straight out of college. And so I was working in retail while I was out there. And when we moved back to, uh, to America, um, even though all of my prior marketing experience had been within the fashion industry, um, I was not getting any calls back. So I decided to broaden uh, my choices and my job hunt, and that led me into architecture. And I grew to really enjoy architecture. It has really changed the way that I view the built environment and how I interact with it, and even interacting with cities as well. Uh, but, you know, part of me always wanted to go back into fashion or do something with beauty. And um, the architecture industry, for understandable reasons, is also a very slow industry and it I, I I didn't feel like I was challenged enough um you know because I was waiting for all these projects to be built and there were times that we'd have no work like built because everything was still in progress and you know trying to figure out how to market when there's not really anything to market and, and things like that so I ended up leaving the architecture firm for to do marketing for a fashion brand in downtown LA and it ended up not working out. It ended up not, the company ended up not being a fit at all. And I actually ended up getting let go. And from there, that's kind of what led me into going into, you know, going headfirst into freelancing and, um, and getting to build, getting more time to build up empowered in color. So yeah, I mean, I've been freelancing on and off over the last maybe, maybe like five or six years, but I didn't really jump back into it fully until, you know, being let go from this last job uh, a few months ago. So yeah. that's that. Cool. Um, I guess, yeah. So I, listening to the Empowered in Color podcast, you definitely talk a lot about uh, mental health and, uh, what that means to maintain that and, and mm -hmm. being very open with your own experience and story mm -hmm. with it too. Um, so how has your mental health kind of been 
um, sort of, uh, I guess, grown throughout the these years and throughout what you've just shared in terms of, you know, that th- those experiences? Yeah. So mental health is something that I've really come to embrace and really choose to be open with, because especially being Asian American, you know, this is not something that we talk about in our cultures. It's very taboo. You know, they think growing up, I remember hearing, you know, family members talking about it being for quote unquote crazy people and uh, people who are like very severely mentally unstable instead of it just being something for everybody or like as a maintenance thing. And I started really exploring my mental health in college because my university offered therapy to students. So I started going to therapy regularly and was able to explore some of my traumas. A lot of it is stemmed from my family. And that also has affected even how I approach my life and my career now, you know, always feeling pressured to um, to do well and, and measure, fit a certain measure of success because my, you know, my mom grew up in poor rural Philippines and all she ever wanted was for my sister and I to have a better life. And, you know, both of my parents, my dad is Filipino as well. Also, my dad wanting us to have a better life because my parents uh, divorced when I was so young. So kind of navigating all of these traumas. And then it it was still kind of something private when I started going to therapy in college. It was something that I didn't really tell people about. I, I kind of tried to keep it to myself. And then over the years, started to really, really um, publicly encourage it and tell people about it. You know, my husband and I, before we moved to Australia, he had moved to Australia before I did, and we were just still dating at the time. And I wanted us to go to couples therapy before we, before he moved, because I knew from watching a lot of other people who had gone into long distance relationships before me, you know, obviously everyone goes into these thinking, oh, like, of course we're going to stay together. And then something happened, you know, whatever that is. And I wanted to kind of hash that all out. A lot of people would give me looks when I, when I would openly say, oh yeah, my husband and I have gone to therapy together, you know, thinking like something wrong. And I said, I mean, no, like it was, it was important for us. And, you know, we did um, have to work through some things that did come out in therapy, but it was worth it. And we think that that, that saved us, that saved our relationship at the time. And over the years, just really been trying to practice self-care and just getting help when necessary. Um, And as I had mentioned, even on my own podcast and talking about my mental health as of late, um, I was just going through so many changes, so many emotions. There was just a lot of things happening in my life. And I was depressed. And not only was I going to therapy, I was prescribed on uh, prescription medication for the first time, you know, an antidepressant to help me um, stay motivated and stay productive because I stopped working on Empowered in Color, which is my love, my baby, my passion project, you know, for most of 2019, because even though I wanted to work on it, I just could not physically bring myself to do it. I could not 
physically bring myself to to work on it and do the things that I wanted to do with it because I was so depressed. And, you know, I'm in a much better place now. Uh, freelancing is definitely not without its struggles, but I'm still working on being very open with what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with in real time. You know, I try to be honest with my audience on my own podcast. You know, a lot of people don't talk about their struggles as they're going through it. A lot of people talk about it after the fact. And I try to be transparent and talk about what I'm going through in the moment, maybe not right in the moment, but, you know, um, as it's happening, because I think there's something very important and very almost encouraging when you hear someone going through it when they still don't completely know how they're going to get out of it. That yeah, totally. And and that's what I really appreciate about it is, is that, you know, I think a lot of us um, will, will get to a point. I mean, obviously when it is uncomfortable and you're in the middle of things, the emotions are still very much clouded and can get in the way of even your own sense of clarity. And so there is a, a sense of, you know, I think it's natural for us to want to get to a certain point before we do talk about it. But um, at the same time, that also uh, incentivizes people to wait to like, get to a perfect moment or to like curate it in a certain way. And um, that's where we start seeing other people. And, you know, social media is a perfect example of this, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're like, you know, obviously we're posting the the better moments. Um, yeah. And and just in our lives, right? We only talk about things when they're good and and whatnot, and, and not try to, um, you know, talk about the the struggles, which makes sense in a way. It's always a balance uh, and, and a time and place for everything. But um, but yeah, I just appreciate you know being being present in it in the moment because I think a lot of us don't see that enough. And um, when we're like comparing our struggles which everyone has everybody has some type of issue um and when we're comparing that to others who seemingly have it all together it can be very uh debilitating and and um just it it can it can spiral our own you know sense of being and our own perspectives into lots of different ways that aren't productive so um appreciate you uh opening the space for people like that thanks i mean when i first started doing that on my podcast i was a little nervous about it because i remember reading something that one of my favorite uh entrepreneurs had posted like sent out to her email list or something a couple years back about um you know don't like like about not saying what you're going through until after you've already figured it out. Um, I forgot what the reasoning was, but it was something along the lines of, you know, just, just get it done or yeah, I, I don't really know what the reason was, but it, it kind of, um, it kind of made me hesitate. And so I did hesitate for a while, but I just figured, and there are a lot of like, you know, those like tweets that people screenshot and post on like Instagram or Facebook or something where it says like, you know, just, keep quiet, keep your head down, just do what you need to do. And then just let people um, watch you like flourish, which I think there's some value in like 
in keeping things to yourself and and just kind of working on it on your own or maybe just keeping it to just you and like a best friend or something. But um, I think in terms of mental health, it is important. And there's a lot of value in being a little bit more public. Like you don't need to air out your dirty laundry, but I think, you know, just kind of saying, hey, like I'm not doing well, you know, you don't have to give any, you don't have to give anyone any details or anything. Just saying like, I'm not doing well. I'm getting help, or maybe I need to. I need someone to help me, or something like that. It's, it's good, and you know, it's kind of when people commit like suicide and things like that. You know, we always say, "Don't for, don't be afraid to ask for help," and a lot of people don't actually do anything about that until it already has happened. You know, and. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, no. Uh, no, go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, people say that, but I think we need to actually just do it. Like, it's not just, don't wait for people to do something so tragic to, to right. really to tell people, you know, to ask for help and to start talking about it. So that's why I do that. Just And like what I said in, I said in one of my episode where I talk about my 2020 goals, I say that for me, the value in um, talking about what you're going through or what your goals are, even when you don't know anything, you don't know how you're going to accomplish it or whatever, is that you tell someone about it. And when you get through whatever that hard time is, or you accomplish that goal later on, people are more, it's going to be easier for people to just revel in your success and how far you've come because they can say, hey, I remember when you were going through this, when you were going through X, Y, and Z, you were in this place in life and now you, you're you here. That's so awesome to see how you've grown and you've changed. And it, it's easier for people to be able to celebrate with you. You know, you know, it's, it's just a satisfying, I mean, it's not just, a, it's satisfying when, when someone says, oh, hey, guess what? You know, I'm really successful and I did X, Y, and Z, but you know, I was in this place before and yeah, it's great to hear that, but People can't grasp the full weight of what you've been going through and what you've been working towards when you just kind of talk about it after the fact rather than like as you're going through it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it shows that you you have more, like it just humanizes you more, you know, when you're yeah. able to show all the other sides of things, right? That not everything is perfect as... um. And and we go through shit. So yeah. Um, and I think uh, I think I wanted to like you, you mentioned back there too around um, waiting or like waiting for things to get to a certain point before feeling like you are qualified to ask for help or to get support. And I think that's been something I've explored a lot too. Is you know it, it seems common that um, there's a stigma around getting support. Right. Mm -hmm. And and for mm -hmm. asking for help, that's it seems like it might be a sign of weakness for a lot of us. And yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing, because I mean, I, and I don't know, I've I've only really lived in America, so I, I don't really know much about um, the comparison between other cultures, though I have an immigrant parent, so I have a sense of, you know, Eastern kind of thought. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of. Uh, being independent versus, 
you know, um, uh, being like, you know, kind of a collective mentality. Um, and so I wonder if that's a very American thing too, where we're just like, we, we feel like we have to do everything on our own and figure it out on our own. And Mm -hmm. once you, like you mentioned when you went to couples therapy, like people giving you weird looks like, Oh, you know, (laughs) you, you had to ask for help. And, and it's just very strange to me that that happened, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, I guess maybe like, I don't know if you, and I'd just be curious on your perspective on maybe why you think that may be or like what your experience was. And if that was something that you experienced personally, you know, any, either any kind of skepticism or whatnot, especially from a cultural standpoint and, and what's been that shift for you? Yeah. Um, I think the reason why, like for me, example, when I would tell people about you know, oh yeah, go to couples therapy. I mean, like before you get married or even, or, um, and different things like that. Like it doesn't have to be something you go to when your marriage is about to fall apart. And, but since that's something that people associate with couples therapy, that a lot of, like in the past, people would usually wait until the relationship is falling apart. You know, that's why it alarmed people when I'd be like, oh yeah, like we went to couples therapy and like, what? why and and i said well you know in our situation it was something that i had been trying to like encourage my husband or well he was my boyfriend at the time but encourage my husband to do for years but even he himself for a long time had also held that mentality of like no like i don't need therapy what are you talking about i'm normal I'm, i'm fine and when we got into couples therapy we had a really amazing therapist and you know we're both we're both Filipino, we're both Asian American, and our therapist was Asian American as well. And um, that also made me feel comfortable because I felt like he could kind of understand the cultural nuances in in some of the issues mm-hmm. we were dealing with. But he was able to basically spell it out for my husband that, like, as a result of how he grew up and how how his parents' marriage was growing up, that it affected how my husband was dealing with conflict with me and it was something i had told my husband for years but he didn't believe it like he just he just thought like oh you're crazy like no that's not true and but when my when our therapist had spelled it out for him he was like it clicked and he said oh my gosh that makes so much sense like i can see that i'm like x y and z because of how my dad and mom were and whatnot and how i internalized how they handled conflict so it was just really good. And now my husband is like very much for therapy and stuff. And right now um, he doesn't have medical insurance. You know, he's, o- he's over the age of 26. So he got kicked off of his parents' medical insurance. So, um, so once we can get back on that, then, you know, we're going to go back into therapy and both together and, and individual because he has also kind of realized like, yeah, I really need this is something I really need. and especially when you're, if you're going to think about having a family, you know, it'd be really, it's very, I think it's very important to kind of hash out your issues that you may have so that, you know, both an individual and couple level so that you can be able to best, you know, raise your children. But, you know, again, it's still, it's still, um, I think for men particularly, there's still definitely a stigma because I hear a lot of women talking about therapy but I was even talking to my my brother-in-law, you know, he's a little bit younger, he's 18. And I was just talking to him last week and I said, "Oh yeah, like 
I said that, you know, I said that his brother wants to go into therapy and he was actually kind of like caught off guard, taken aback a little bit um, when I said that. He's like, what? I said, yeah, like, I think everyone needs therapy. And he was like, you know, like, you're right. But he, I think he just didn't expect that, like, I was going to just say that. Um, and I don't know what his, I don't know what my, my in-laws think. I don't know what my parents think about therapy and stuff. But I do talk about it very openly. And um, I do think that everyone needs therapy. I think the people who say that they don't, I think, need it the most. <laughs> um, because no matter who you are, you have something that you need to work through. And I say this as someone who's quite self-aware. I had to be made self-aware of a lot of things from a very young age because my parents had a very ugly divorce. And so I had to I had to be conscious of everything that I was doing. I decided to be conscious of everything I was doing and why I was doing it because I never wanted to be in the wrong. Like I didn't want the divorce to be my fault or like I didn't want anything to be my fault. So I would kind of overanalyze how I acted so that I can tell my, I can point out my flaws before someone else. So it was like a defense mechanism, but like Mm. I still needed to go to therapy because I still had other things that I needed to process. So what more does someone who just kind of like lives life and doesn't really think about the, the deeper subconscious impact or, or intentions behind whatever they do, like they need and I think even more so they need to unpack it and it doesn't even need to be some like horrible thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's something about like, you know, regardless of how self-aware you are and how much work you do on your own, it's, it's always helpful to have someone else help see your blind spot. Yeah. It's really what it is. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I guess a good example again is with, with your husband where, you know, even with, with you being so close to each other, it it can be hard to, you know, see the, um, the the areas of improvement that you you would want to work on, and and it takes someone else, uh, obviously with experience and with, um, the the, the skill set to draw that out, but to be able to just help see it in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. So I I totally agree that anybody could benefit from therapy for sure. I think. Though it is important to realize to to know like what to also be self aware of um, whether or not that's a good approach for you as well, right? There's so many other ways to get the support you need, um, which doesn't have to be therapy. But I mean, if your health insurance covers it, you should totally yeah. <laughs> do it. Uh, but like, you know, there's other ways, and and whether that be, um, you know, talking to a mentor, opening up with people around you joining mm-hmm. men's groups women's groups um you know finding it just depends on what type of needs you're looking for right so yeah. uh i i guess i i mentioned that to say like you know <laughs> i think i think we both are not here to try to you know force everyone to go to therapy or whatever yeah, you yeah. know but but it, knowing that um if there is somewhere that you uh aren't really seeing if there are kind of recurring patterns that you're seeing within your life, if you kind of keep seeing that there are things that are just getting in the way of developing, you know, a, a life that you want in terms of what you do and how you feel and how you behave and who you're surrounded with, you know, it's okay to ask for help to get to to work on those. Um, 
So that's just, those are <laughs> my little yeah rant there. But I think, yeah, because I think we wait to a certain point where it's too late, right? Yeah. Where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you start feeling, um, thing that you mentioned earlier too about your your depression getting into your almost like physical symptoms and uh not feeling like you can actually do things and whatnot so um you know being able to see this type of stuff and inner work in general as preventative care right yes. Yes. um and and so i guess like that i mean obviously financial and systemic issues do get in the mm-hmm. way like obviously mm-hmm therapy should be really accessible to everyone and and for me a new addition is life coaching as well being a coach myself but like because it's it's two sides of the same coin there but like i feel like um if you can kind of shift around like that shouldn't be an excuse either right if you Mm -hmm. can shift around your priorities if you can better evaluate what you value in terms of how you're spending your money like you can you can figure that out, right? Like you can mm-hmm, find mm-hmm. the support you need. Uh, you don't need that iPhone. You don't need that like new car or those extra features or to maybe even like turn on the heat in your house that high, like wear some mm-hmm, extra clothes, mm-hmm. you know, like there's just mm-hmm. different ways to adjust that. Um, you can always create time and space and energy and, and even money for anything that you want, that you value. So anyway, um, what I guess uh, back back to you uh uh when because you mentioned with your um your family uh what what was that like if if you did have to deal with any kind of stigma around that or to um to like talk about these things that you know that maybe are uncomfortable or that people aren't aren't willing to open up about like how how did you handle that either than those around you and and within yourself yeah so I mean, when I started going to therapy, I didn't tell my family for a long time. And, you know, I had started talking about mental health on social media and stuff. And it actually wasn't until very recently that I told my mom that I had to, you know, that a lot of things that I went that I I went through growing up had traumatized me so much that I had to go to therapy and get help for it, you know, to talk about my family, you know. And as a kid, I just remember not necessarily about like um like like these traumatic things but just like in general i remember my my mom always saying don't tell don't tell other people don't tell anyone outside and and this was just for anything in general like thing and um and my mom didn't respond when i told her that like i had to go that i that i had gone to therapy to deal with a lot of issues that are a result of how she like she treated me and other family members had treated me but i think she was i I think it's safe to say that she was shocked um i don't know if they listen to my podcast they 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 might or or they or they don't um so i i don't know i actually don't know how my family feels about it um but it's i i think that they just won't say anything to me. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, like, a, I also have a very weird relationship with my family as a result of me um, going to therapy and unlearning, you know, very harmful and toxic cultural, quote unquote, values, you know. And and I'm 
I'm really trying to unlearn that idea that family is family. Family is everything, even if they're toxic. Because, yeah. you know, you grow up, again, especially coming from an immigrant collectivistic culture, you, you're raised to think family over everything, no matter what. Yeah. But, and for me, that was at the expense of myself. And so I've been spending the last few years really working to not allow that, you know, and it's been hard because I know that my family doesn't understand. I know my mom doesn't understand. Um, my dad doesn't understand, but it's been the best thing that I could do for myself mentally and emotionally. And like I said, it's been so difficult, but I'm very thankful to have had my husband by my side and know my in-laws have been extremely supportive of me and and really just welcomed me with open arms um in a way that I always was yearning for but I never got yeah um so yeah I guess I'd be curious when you said that um I, I resonate that with that a lot when you said uh you know when caring for family but at the expense of yourself and what what does that mean for you exactly like what what were you almost expending that um yeah that you wanted it was just allowing them to say whatever they wanted to me about my lifestyle who i am what i do you know um mm -hmm. if like i casting the shoulds and and yeah like that. i yeah. you know no matter and i i because of how my family was to me specifically growing up. And when I say family, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that you, you're probably aware of this, but I don't know, you know, I don't know if you're listening, just to clarify for listeners or people who might be listening. When I say family, I mean, extended family. I don't just mean, you know, your immediate parents and siblings. Yeah. Um, so growing up, I, I grew up as a people becoming a people pleaser because I felt like every, no matter what I did, I could never, please my mother i can never you know my aunts and uncles and my cousins my cousins are also a lot older my family's older my mom had my mom and dad had me at an older age my cousins are like 10 to 20 years plus older than me so i grew up scared of my own cousins because they my my mom treated them like they had she had them be disciplinarians for me mm. so um i was scared of my entire family growing up basically you know mm. terrified of them judging me or whatever um and they you know, I was a daddy's girl. They, you know, they did not like my father. So that was a whole other thing too. Mm -hmm. So just a lot of things. And you know, that, that, that Asian cultural value of respecting your elders, they yeah. would just say a lot of things. And I, I just had to take it because I knew that if I spoke up, I was going to get punished anyway for disrespecting my elders, you know? And yeah. then now that I'm older, my, you know, my cousins would say stuff to me. Um, when I was like in my late teens, early twenties and, and I would just not say anything or I would just take it. And then my cousins are like, you should like speak, you should stand up for yourself. You should speak up for yourself. And it's like, well, if oh, so I did do that, shifted, shifted in that so. yeah. So it's one of those things like, yeah, you're telling me that now, but right. if I did this like five, even five years ago, you would have like completely like come after me. Yeah. So it was one of those things that like, I was never going to win no matter what. And, um, and so I, it, it, and, you know, these, 
these feelings that I had been feeling too are things that I felt since I was like 12 years old, as young as 12 years old. So it's not like, because I know that in, in distancing myself from my family, I know that my mom for sure thought that it was just, oh, she's just being like young and like rebellious or something because she's like newly married or whatever. But no, you know, and, and I, I, I told my mom this eventually. I said, no, that this isn't just a, a, a split decision. This isn't just something I randomly woke up and decided to do because I'm a young, stupid kid in your eyes. You know, I, I'm a grown adult. And this is something that I have been thinking about for many, many, many. years, And. And it's only now that I'm doing something about it. And so. For me, with my own mental health journey has come a lot of unlearning very toxic cultural values because and, and really unlearning the idea that just because people say it's culture, just because people say it's part of your culture does not make it healthy, does not make it okay. Um, and that was really, really hard for me. Um, because I, I love my family. I really love my family. But I could never, ever, ever feel at I was always anxious, always stressed, and I needed, and, you know, again, it wasn't until a couple of years ago when I was actually living in Australia that I started to really think, no, like, I, I don't need to put up with this. I don't, this, don't need to um, deal with toxicity for the sake of family, for the sake of, quote, unquote, being Filipino or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's something that's important for people to remember, too, especially if you come from an immigrant background or if you're a person of color. Right. But that's what I was going to add is I think like culture is so important, though, in terms of being able to to, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. like maintain that culture, to um, really pass down traditions and whatnot. So, mm -hmm. you know, as an Asian American, too, like how do you balance being in America, and being individualistic and then um really respecting elders and really respecting traditions as well without mm -hmm. it getting in the way of, um, you know, living, uh, being yourself and living yeah. on your own terms. Um, so I think, I think, I mean, that just raises the, the, the awareness that I think it's a unique position for us as Asian Americans because mm -hmm. of that um, mm -hmm. type of balance. But I'm sure with many other immigrants, cultures as well I, i've um, talked to a few others and there's some similarities there mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um i think i think part of it too is also maybe seeing it from their perspective you mm -hmm. know like i think when you mentioned toxicity oh, yeah. a lot um it's like i think that could be i think behind that is almost like a misalignment of values and, and mission mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. like I think, you know, from their, from the family's standpoint, all they knew was to, you know, provide for family, right? It, you yeah, know, you yeah. make enough and put food on the table and save up enough where then you can take care of your elders and, mm -hmm. you know, and that's just kind of the process. And I guess it's just kind of seeing almost even a world shift in a way of, you know, now we're getting to a point where those those aren't just the only priorities anymore. You yeah. Know, like, like, like there's, I mean, of course they're still very important priorities, um, but, but it's like, there's almost, there's other things to 
I don't want to say worry about, but there's yeah. just other things to to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what are your kind of thoughts or perspective on all that? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I've always been very, very aware of, of my family's intentions. And I always knew my family had good intentions. I always right. knew my, my mom just wanted best for us. They came to America, you know, and all these mm-hmm. things. I, I was always aware of that. Um, and that is, you know, that, that kind of guilt kind of kept me around as long as, as I was. Um, so I, I'm definitely cognizant of everything that you're saying, that idea like providing for family and whatnot and stuff like that. And I think that, however, I do think that, you know, things with mental health and stuff have always been important, but I think only now are we starting to be able to put words to it and yeah. really and really start to prioritize it. Because even just talking to my cousins again, who are a lot they're a lot older than me, um, you know, they just say, Oh, well, you just suck it up. And and even I was actually watching this YouTube video from Jubilee Media and it was about um baby boomers, you know, it, it was like, do all baby boomers think the same? And one of the prompts so it's like a agree disagree type of uh video and one of the prompts in that video was something along the lines about mental health and one of the the ladies she was like an older black woman in her like 60s and she said um yeah we were told to suck it up but at the cost of passing on generational trauma to our kids and you know all these unhealthy habits because we did not process it so I think those things have always been important with like today and even like for our parents' generation and stuff. But now we're in a place where we're finally starting to acknowledge it and, and do something about it. And, you know, I don't, like I said, I, I know where my family's coming from and I don't blame them and I know that they don't really know anything else. But for myself personally, you know, I can't wait for them to change because they will likely not change. So I still need to just take care of, you know, at the end of the day, it's really your life. You're the one who has to live with the consequences of your actions of whatever you do. So you might as well do something that, you know, make sure that you're taking care of you first. And, and like, you know, I have a lot of like mental issues, like mental health issues as a result of like not, dealing with these things for so long or even just kind of taking it and just thinking like I deserved it or thinking that oh this is normal but mm-hmm. that doesn't make it but you know but that doesn't make it okay just because something is normal there's a lot of things in history and in life that used to be normal at one point but that doesn't make it okay and I think that's re- something that's really important to remember and and in terms of culture for other people who uh, might be listening that that are people of color or, or parents are immigrants, you know, culture is fluid, culture changes. And just because people say this one thing is part of your culture, doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean that you accept that as is, and just kind of like wave your, your white flag, so to speak. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how I, that's how I feel about it. Um, I, it was very, it, it's hard to make these kinds of decisions when you love your family but you know you i i was tired of 
being stressed and, and crying to my husband all the time. I was tired of just always like having panic attacks and stuff like that, you know? And ah. Yeah, I mean it it really um reminds me of the the fact that like I, I love the uh the analogy of when you're on the plane, they'll tell you to put on your own mask before helping others. Yeah. And yeah. it's uh it's it's so important because like if you're if we're if we if we're not able to at least be at a a baseline like you don't have to be perfect or like a master or of some course. you know like wise monk or whatever but like at least to a certain baseline where then you can give back to others where you can expend that emotional labor to for others be patient with others i think that's where um i think that's what what will heal so many social issues that we have today, right? Because I think we we don't give ourselves enough of that of that time and um in a way that our you know the Western culture can be um I know toxic is a really strong word, but it can be in, in a lot of ways uh that 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 influences us to be narrow in how we want to lead our lives or how we want to be, especially, mm-hmm. uh, especially for ourselves, but, but later on too, for the ones you care about, right? Mm-hmm. You can't show up best for them. You can't show up best for yourself. So, um, in, uh, in the last few minutes here, uh, I like to try to, I, I mean, I, we could keep going with this. <laughs> it's like, uh, but, um, I, I realized I forgot to also ask like what, because this is a podcast about emotional intelligence specifically, like what, what does emotional intelligence mean to you? And there's no like right or wrong here. I'm just curious about other people's. Uh, yeah, I think emotional, emotional intelligence has a lot to do with being aware of yourself and, and knowing why you do what you do and being able to, conduct yourself in a way where you're not just acting off of impulse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it takes some emotional intelligence to control, to be able to recognize, okay, this is how I'm feeling right in this moment and controlling it, especially I think in terms of anger, that's, mm. that, that's definitely a big thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what it means is being able to recognize something about how you're feeling and being able to kind of assess how how to process it, how to react and what to do next um, rather than just full on lashing out or maybe bursting out hysterically, you know, I don't yeah. know. Um, just, yeah, a lot of it I think is about self-awareness. Yeah. Cool. Um, at the end of my episodes, I like to also do this thing where we, you know, do a, a quick fire into the five core emotions. Um, so uh, we'll kind of we'll list out an emotion, and you can share either, you know, your own experience with it, um, maybe how you struggled and how you overcame it, or or maybe not overcame, but just how you manage it. 
uh, or just what you feel about it in regards to the world or a larger society in general. So you can kind of take it in either an individual or, or larger level, however you want. But um, so, yeah, we'll okay. just go through the five emotions. We'll start with anger. So how do you, how do you feel about that? And yeah, um, it's something that, Oh, this is, <laughs> this is a hard one. I feel yeah. like <laughs> anger is something that can easily go out, spiral out of control. Um, I think a lot of times for men, but sometimes women too, I know me times as well. And it's something that we all need to learn how to deal with in a healthy way. I don't think, I don't think most people know how to handle anger in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it can, it's a powerful emotion that can give us a lot of signals, but can be destructive just as much too. Um, sadness. Um, therapy. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> thing that I think of. Um, just trying to get yourself out of the rut and getting help. Because I think sadness is what leads to a lot of your problems if left untreated. And um, are you open to maybe sharing kind of a personal experience with sadness, or or what? I mean, yeah. I I can share some of, you know, not like nothing like super specific, but just in general, dealing with um, sadness of, you know, maybe my like my situation in life. You know, I I'm not exactly where I am, and and sometimes it'll make me feel like I'm going crazy if I don't talk to someone. Or lately, if I'm I work from home, so <laughs> if I stay if I stay home too long, I will kind of go i will go crazy totally so yeah okay. go outside every now and then <laughs> yeah um fear it can be crippling but i am on the side of you never want to wonder what if um i i like to think that i'm very good at taking calculated risks done a lot of risky things like leave my very stable architecture job for a job in the fashion industry which is notorious for being unstable mm-hmm. and doesn't not treating their employees very well but i don't regret it one bit because it's i wouldn't be where i am today and i'm very very thankful where i am today so i think fear is something that just do it for the most part right <laughs> I right mean, circum specifics vary but for the most part just do it how have you kind of like managed it or how do you get past it yourself i don't know if i'm being completely <laughs> honest i am one of i'm a, i'm an extremely nosy person so i never want to question what if so i will like ask questions that maybe i shouldn't ask or i will do things that a lot of people wouldn't do, you know, like moving to another country fresh out of graduation from college and not really having any money and stuff. Like that's something that a lot of people fear. Um, even getting married. I got married at 21 years old. You know, I got married extremely young. That's a big fear for a lot of people. I don't know. I just, I just kind of give myself a pep talk, kind of not force myself to do it, but I just go for it. And I always mm-hmm. tell myself something that, 
my old coworkers that had told me at my architecture job before I left said, you know, you're young enough that you can bounce back even if everything falls apart. Yeah. And I, and that really kind of changed my perspective. Is that that and have the confidence of a mediocre white man that too. Okay. That has also affected how I deal with fear. Interesting. Um, yeah, so yeah, maybe I should do this in the beginning. I can expand on all of these more. But uh, <laughs> how about um, shame and disgust? Kind of, yeah. Oh, very common things in Filipino culture. Mm. Um, shame, especially. And I try not to be I try to be shameless when I live. and I like to think that with the way that I live my life I am not shameful at least not to me what, I don't know what it, yeah <laughs> what does that mean be shameless uh in yourself or for yourself I think it's just being unapologetic about who you are um, I grew up feeling a lot of shame for almost everything that I ever did in life. Yeah. Um, from uh, from my family. Used to go to a church when I was in high school that was not a cult, but it is very cult-like, and they were very good at making me feel ashamed. And mm. I felt absolutely horrible, horrible about myself. Um, know like in around the time like after i finished high school right before i started college and and after i left there and kind of started exploring different communities and stuff i really grown not to feel ashamed of my past of what i've been through because maybe who i am today yeah yeah that's a, that's a good way of putting it is just to be unapologetic yourself yeah yeah it takes a lot to to get to that point of course, of course it feels it's it's very rewarding when you do finally get to that point and even if it's not like a specific point like it it's something that will vary and be like go you'll have ups and downs along the way oh yeah be and certain things that there's always know, more to improve on yeah, yeah you'll never like get to the top there's always going to be something else that right um, lastly, but not least, uh, joy. Joy is not temporary. I view happiness as temporary and joy kind of forever. I don't know if that's the right word, but joy isn't something that goes away that easily, mm. or it shouldn't. Otherwise, it wouldn't be joy. You mean at least like something that guess shouldn't like wave off soon or wave off too soon or something or i don't i honestly don't know how to explain it but i try to live life full of joy because even when my circumstances themselves they're not great you know especially considering recent events you know with the loss of kobe bryant and stuff you know i try to because I try to live my life with joy because if anything, I'm so happy to be alive. I'm so happy to be able to feel, um, feel emotion and 
to experience everything around me. So, no, I don't know how to describe that as joy compared to happiness. Because I, I, I don't want to call it eternal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel right, but not something that goes away that easily. Mm. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to ask more questions, maybe for a round two or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you for spending time with me here and, and really diving into these things and talking about emotions. And I know like from a Asian perspective, from a cultural standpoint, it can be really difficult and uncomfortable. And for me, it's been a journey being a man mm-hmm. to <laughs> embrace yeah. that too. But yeah, so we really appreciate it the space and for sharing your story um what are you working on now and like how can people find you and what might you be looking for or how can we support you yeah right now i am just focusing on building up powered in color so i mean if you anyone wants to check that out it's the empowered in color podcast and you can find that on google podcast um Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And yeah, I mean, just, or you could follow us on Instagram as well at Empowered in Color. Um, yeah, I would love to see some of you there and engage with us and, and have a conversation with us about the, all of these more. Cool. Well, thank you again for, for being here and thanks again for, for what you do. Yeah, thank you so much, Victor. I really had fun doing this. All right. Thank you for listening to the Human Up podcast with my guest, Crystal Gabrielle from Empowered in Color. Listen to her podcast at www.empoweredincolor.co slash podcast. Definitely follow, subscribe, and rate and review this podcast um, on whatever streaming platform you're listening to right now. And if you did get value out of this, if this is a conversation you'd love to share with someone within your life, please do share it. I I think this is the types of conversations that I think, you know, not enough of us have. And um, if if we could do our part and even just um, sparking the conversation, then that would be so amazing to me. And lastly, if you do identify as an Asian male and have been interested in, you know, prioritizing your emotional growth, uh, but not really sure how or not really sure of, you know, how to plug yourself in or, or to find the community to support you in that, definitely join in the Badass Asian Dudes on Facebook. Just search Badass Asian Dudes or go to bit.ly slash group and we will love to take you in. Make sure you mention my name when applying uh, or answering in the questions to get in the group. We are really strict about um, people who are intentional about you know the communities that they join. So please do answer the questions with some thoughtfulness. Thank you again for listening here and I will catch you next Monday. <laughs>